And now, the continuation of Season 1, Episode 7 of Light Up the World. I, would, I wouldn't just party Saturday and Sunday, you know. I, I would go, okay, Friday, party. Thursday, party. Next thing you know, I'm partying all week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm partying. Um, and it got to the point where I wouldn't make it back home to sleep. So I would go straight from the party to school, and I was all high on cocaine. You know, I was all wired, and, and I just couldn't. I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, so I ended up dropping out of high school my junior year. Um, and, um, oh, I forgot to mention, before, when I came back from Mexico, they actually lowered me. Um, one, because they were, um, I had missed one year of school when we went to Mexico. And then because of, um, like, how advanced they are in Mexico. Um, so I wasn't even with my class anymore. Um, and you know, the drugs got to me. Um, I was in very toxic relationships. Um, the first relationship that I had that was like serious and it lasted more than a year was with that one guy that I told you that, um, he's the only one that I dated in school. And, um, he was like nothing like me. Like he was raised in a really nice home. He had both his parents still together. Um, they, I mean, complete contrast as, as to my life, you know? And I was honestly embarrassed to bring him to, to my life, to the mess of a life that I had, you know, because of how good his, his life was. Um, and next thing you know, he's like trying to be something um, that he's not just to impress me because I used to party because I used to smoke and all these things. So next thing you know, mm. he's like trying to smoke too. And I'm there telling him like, no, you shouldn't be doing these things. You know, like I don't want this life, you know, yeah. um, but I'm just here already. And yeah, you, um, you didn't want that life, but you were already so soaked in it that you were just yeah. like, it's whatever. Yeah. And, um, so, so I would actually like, um, encourage him you know like you don't have to end up like this and stuff and his parents did not like me i mean obviously they knew that i was trouble um and <laughs> i was i was like i was really ugly to this guy I, I i think this is the only person that i could say that i really treated really badly when they didn't deserve it you know um and like i cheated on him i did all kinds of things and he was younger than me he was like a year or two younger than me i think but um I did. I, I, I messed, messed him up, honestly, because I showed him what I had been shown, you know? Yeah. So then he went on and started treating women like that. Like his relationships were always like that, where he would cheat, wow. he would do this and do that. And, and it was really bad seeing that, um, because I regretted it. You know, I regretted that I was the reason why he was so hurt. Um, and, but in my it's... selfishness, I just kept on living my life the way that I was living it. You know, a, so I moved on great, to the next relationship. And yeah, and, and it's a great reminder, you know, the way we treat people um, can have a lasting effect. I mean, just yes. look at what happened to him. Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. I moved on to the next relationship, like right after that one. And it was really toxic. Um, this is when I moved out of my mom's house. I was 16, I think, 17. Um, I. Um, I didn't want to move out, but my grandma was trying to move back to her house. And because I was staying a lot, of, you know, spending a lot of time with this new boyfriend, my grandma um, put a lot of her stuff in my room. 
And so she pretty much kicked me out. You know, the house was really small, so I really didn't have where to stay, like where to sleep in the house. And um, my mom was like, well, just ask your boyfriend if you can go stay with him, you know. And so I was like, "Okay, well, I guess I mean, it's either this or I'm homeless (laughs) because I can't stay anywhere. And sure enough, you know, my boyfriend at the time was like, yeah, yeah, my mom will be okay with this. And now he had a different life, too. You know, they were Hispanic and everything. And. And he drank and all that, but he still had a good life. Like they were well off and everything. Um, but it was weird because as soon as I moved in, like his, you know, it's like, I felt like, like bad luck was just following me because his, um, mom and his stepdad divorced when I moved in. Um, Mm -hmm. turns out that she was cheating on him and all this stuff, you know? So I was like, Oh my goodness. Don't tell me that this is all happening like this, you know? Um, it, oh, and then another crazy. thing, like, yeah, I'm oh, go for hold it, go that for thought it. for a minute, but it's crazy to, um, just because you know how we as children of God, we bring blessings wherever we go. So those that aren't living, um, in, in God and then just do this and live in this spiritual environment, um, with the enemy, kind of like, it's kind of like the opposite of God, right? Mm-hmm. We, they bring curses to, that's crazy. Yeah. I think Go there's on. actually a proverb that says that like destruction follows, um, like the wicked or something like yeah, that. I'm not yeah. mistaken, Yeah. but yeah, yeah. Um, with, with the other relationship that I had with the guy that I treated really badly, the same thing happened with him. Like, um, <laughs> his, his parents actually got divorced, um, towards the end of our relationship because Um, and this one was directly like it had to do with me because my mom actually like she went out to party and she saw his dad with some other woman and she told me and so I was like well what do I do should I tell you know my boyfriend about it because I mean that's the right thing to do right and after a while I finally told him and he brought it up to his parents and sure enough all that got exposed and they got divorced you know um so you can imagine like the impact that probably me being with this guy like had on his life. His parents yeah. split up because I told them that, you know, and then I was all bad to him and I broke his heart and all this stuff. So, um, but anyway, so did, the did next you, guy. Did you feel by this time, by this guy and seeing how the lives you were affecting in a negative way, did you feel some sort of way or you were just like completely cold hearted to it Honestly, all or numb to it all? I think I was numb to it. No, numb um, to it. Like, I, I felt bad. Like, it, it took me so long to even tell him that, that my mom had seen his dad, you know, cheating and all this. Because I had, like, that consideration for people. I, I, you know, I wasn't, like, super ugly and cold-hearted, you know? But you in a sense... Numb. Yeah, in a sense, I think you... I mean, he could probably tell you that I was cold-hearted because in his eyes, I mean, I, I hurt him, you know? Um, like I, I would cheat on him and, and I would lie straight to his face and not, you know, like I was really bad. Um, but, um, when it came to like issues of like outside of the relationship, like I guess with his dad and, and all that stuff, I did consider those things. Like I wasn't just insensitive to it, you know, um, I would think about it, like the consequences of everything that I said and all that, um. Now, moving with with the guy that I moved out with, um, I I still had that consideration for their their family. You know, this guy had a lot of hurt in his heart because of his dad passing away. 
um, his real dad, his biological dad passed away in a really bad way. Um, he was addicted to cocaine, you know, so he died of a, an overdose. And it's just interesting how we ended up getting addicted to that, you know, that exact same thing that he was resentful to God for that killed his dad. Um, and then we both get addicted to it, you know, in the relationship. Um, that relationship uh, turned out really, really toxic. Um, he cheated on me multiple times. And um, it, like the way that it was, it was really like, like when he would mess up, like he would do something good to keep me there, you know. And because I didn't have anywhere to go, I would just, you know, stay there. Um, I ended up dropping out of high school when I was with him. Um, cause we, our parting just got so out of hand that I'm telling you, like I would show up on drugs to school and in school, I was actually doing good. Like, um, I was class president of, of my, um, no you know, class. <laughs> I was running track and cross country and my grades were very well. I was actually top five in my class. Um, wow. I, I would have graduated with honors, um, probably even with the scholarship if I had done well. Um, so that's a good thing about <laughs> the way that I was, I guess, is that I was able to keep things well separated. Like I, I said earlier from school and my outside life in school, I would do everything you know, the way that I should, I did get into fights in school. Um, but they never, because of my grades and everything, they never punished me hard enough. You know, mm -hmm. um, I was just like three days detention and then you're good, you know? Wow. Um, so I, um, I could have done really well, but because of the drugs, it just got to me so much that I couldn't, I couldn't anymore. I felt too far behind. Yeah. So, um, I just dropped out. Um, now, around this time, my little sister um, tried committing suicide. Oh, she man. was, I think, nine or ten. And um, I think that the reason that she did that was because she was being bullied at school. One time she showed up and she was um, covered in dirt and bleeding like from her knees, from her um, legs, from her arms. Um, apparently, these kids had... Um, chased her home and thrown rocks at her and um what? so the bullying got really bad to where she thought that the only way that she could end it was by ending her life and um i was really angry at that um i, I was never the one to initiate fights but when i found that out i was like oh my goodness i'm gonna go and i found out that the girls were older than her so I was like, oh my goodness, these girls, you know, I'm going to go and beat them up. Uh, you know, that's dumb reasoning. I'm adding to the problem. But yeah. at that time I was just really angry. And that, um, I mentioned this because that led my little sister to develop schizophrenia. Now mm -hmm. there's, you know, a lot of opinions on, on mental illnesses like that. Right. Um, but I know that this was demonic. I, I, even when I was lost, I knew that there was something wrong with this. Because um, the way that it happened was like, it's like something came on her, you know, came over her after yeah. that. Um, so next she thing wasn't, you know. Like she wasn't the same person exactly. that she was before that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and for a child, I mean, she was young um, to just change suddenly like that. Um, she started hearing voices that would tell her to kill us, her family. The voices were very specific. They would tell her, like, start with um, this sister and then kill your brother and then kill your older sister and then your mom. Like, no they were very way. specific as to how to Gosh. do it and everything. 
It got so bad that we had to lock up everything in the house that was sharp. Knives, um, honey kitchen utensils, uh, plastics, anything like that. We had to keep it in a safe because that's how bad it got. Um, she started seeing um, psychiatrists and everything. And there were times where she would have episodes where um, she couldn't control herself. And she'd just start being super aggressive and shaking. And um, so she had to be uh, institutionalized for a while, um, just going in and out of the mental hospital. Um, and so at young school, too. yeah. And at school, they didn't. They had never dealt with a, a child like my sister ever. So they had to like t take the the teachers to to learn about it and everything. Um, I, they even fired the assistant principal because they caught her on, on camera. Um, um, hitting my sister because she was telling her, uh, why can't you just be normal and stuff like that, you know? And, um, so it was all this new thing. And that's around the time that I moved out of my mom's house. So, um, there was that, that was like really weighing on my heart. Like I hurt so bad for my sister. Um, one day I had just gone to visit my mom. Then I, um, I left and, and the town that I lived in with this boyfriend, it was five minutes away from, from my hometown, from where my mom was. And when I left, everybody was watching a movie. Everything was fine. Five minutes go by, and I'm barely heading into town to the town that I lived at. And I hear a lot of sirens, um, mm. firefighters, ambulances, everything. So I'm like, turn back around. I told my, my ex-boyfriend, I, um, I, think, I think it has to do with my little sister. Because oh, um, we dealt with it so much that I yeah. just knew. And sure enough, I, we pull up to my mom's house and all, you know, there's all chaos is there. Um, I asked my mom what happened and she said she went into the shower and when she came out, everything was dark in the house. So she figured, oh, everybody went outside to play and um, like with their friends and stuff in the neighborhood. So she goes to her room, turns on the light and my little sister is in the corner of her room, like facing the wall no and way. she's holding a big knife. I don't know how oh she got God. the knife, but then my mom tells me, you know, her, um, are you okay? What's going on? And my little sister just goes and attacks my mom and she's trying to kill my mom. And my mom literally had to wrestle my sister. And by this time, my sister had gained a lot of weight because of her medication. So it wasn't easy for my mom to hold her down, you know? So I don't know how my mom was able to get, get the knife from her and, and, uh, pin her down, you know, and that's when she called the cops and everything. So when I show up to my mom's house, the cops have my little sister pinned down in the couch. And, um, I start, um, I just immediately, I don't know what it was, but she would only calm down with me. Um, whenever she would have these episodes, like I would just mm. hold her hand and look at her and she would calm down. But one thing that I noticed is that when I would look at her straight into the eyes, her eyes, she has brown eyes like mine. You can't really tell right now, but they're, my, my eyes are like kind of light, lighter, you know, on the lighter side of brown. And she has the same colored eyes as me. And, um, whenever she would have these episodes, her eyes would be black, like dark, wow. like black. Um, and that's when I, I started thinking like, what if this have, has to do with like demonic stuff, you know? Cause obviously I had seen horror movies and all that. Yeah. Um, and, um, I would tell my mom, like, what if the medication is, 
is not helping her you know like what if it's making it worse and we're losing her pretty much because yeah. the medication would make her do some weird things too and um, mm. it was just so weird that as soon as i would touch her she would calm down you know and and till this day like i don't really understand that but i think that that god was somehow involved in that you know and um we had to go through tons of therapy with her and and all that so my logic behind dropping out too was I, I can get a GED really fast and I can start working so that I can um, legally adopt my siblings so that I can help them, you know, because all this put a lot of pressure on my mom. And to be honest, I didn't think that that my mom could handle it, you know. So I was thinking about my siblings, like I can help pay for her therapies, pay, pay for her um, doctors, so she doesn't have to rely on just what the state provides and all that, you know? So that was part of the reason why I dropped out too. I did end up getting my GED um, like a month after I dropped out, so that wasn't that bad. Um, but the drugs just had such a hold on me that I didn't even, even, I didn't even do what I had said that I was gonna do. You know, it was just after it was pretty much like, I'm free now. I don't have any responsibilities. I can do whatever I want. And that's exactly what I did. I ended up moving to New Mexico with this guy. And um, the relationship got really bad to the point where it became abusive. Um, this guy out of nowhere, he, he would have these episodes where he would just be really violent, really um, mm. ugly and toxic and, and one of those, he actually hit me and, um, I hit him too. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. Um, like we were just both mutually abusive and toxic. And that day I realized like this guy, I mean, obviously he knocked me down. I didn't do much to him, you know? Um, and I, I pretty much passed out in the ground. And when I woke up, he was laying in the bed, like nothing ever happened. Like he didn't even care. He left me there in the ground, you know? And after that, I realized, like, I have to get out of here. Like, I can't do this with my life anymore. Yeah. Because it, it was like, just imagine, like, we didn't have any responsibilities at all other than his work. But every day we were drinking. Every day we were doing cocaine. Um, whatever we wanted, we, we could do it, you know. I had gotten engaged to him because um, I found out that he cheated. And his way of solving that issue was proposing to me, you know. And so I had said yes and everything. Well, in this time, I decided to end everything. I moved back to El Paso. I didn't have nowhere to go because my mom had already moved in with somebody. And yeah. um, I just didn't want to live with them. But um, so I moved in with my aunt, the one that rescued me when I was little. And um, I mean, things just got worse there because she also had an addiction to cocaine. So next thing you know, I'm doing cocaine and drugs with my aunt. And my uncle, you know. So this and, whole um, this this pattern, pretty much of drugs, abuse, mm -hmm. you know, just kept following you pretty much yeah. until this point. Yeah, yeah. And I would always say, like, I'm not addicted. I can stop whenever I want to. And and I think that I could have, but it's just I was in that environment all the time. Like, so I there was I didn't want to stop. You know what I'm saying? Like, it yeah. wasn't that I was addicted. It was just like. What's, I don't see a reason to stop because right. this is my life. Um, so I would party a lot and I would sleep around, um, just living this reckless life. 
Um, now, I started, as far as, like, spirituality and stuff goes, I was raised, like, in the Catholic ways, I guess, because of the mm. dance and my mom's beliefs and all that stuff, but I never really believed. Um, I remember one time in Mexico, I they were doing the, the Easter celebrations, and um, I remember asking, there was this youth group, and I remember asking, what does the bunny and the eggs have to do with a Jesus being crucified? Um, mm. And they said, not for me, not to ask those questions. They pretty much wow. just said, Shh, "Don't you don't ask those things." So that led me to think, "Hmm, was well, this even real then?" You know. So after that, I stopped going to the Catholic Church, and I became an atheist. And because I was so um, into astronomy, like that's all I mm -hmm. thought about. One day I'm going to be an astronaut, and and I just want to learn about how to get out of here. Pretty much. That was my mentality. Like, I legit, like, wanted to be an astronaut, and I was so into outer space that I said, like, if we ever have anything that takes us out, you know, like, to explore something or anything like that, like, I'll, I'll be the first to sign up. And I would do so mm. much re research on this stuff, a lot. Like, I meant it. And, um, but when I dropped out of high school, obviously, that kind of messed with me. Like, I don't, I don't even know if I'm even going to go to college. Um, wow. So the drugs really, really took a toll on me. Um, I started doing heavier drugs. Um, I started smoking crack. Um, I started doing like shrooms, just trying anything that would get me high, anything that was new, I would try it. Um, I remember doing ecstasy pills that were like dipped in heroin, just like crazy stuff like that. Cause wow. I didn't have any boundaries for that anymore. Yeah. Um, then, um, out of nowhere, uh, okay, so I started, I tried this thing called spice and you smoke it. Um, okay. It's like this uh, synthetic um, herb um, that that people smoke and it really messes with you, like really, really. Um, I remember I would even be scared to smoke it, but I would just do it because I, I wouldn't want to be um, labeled as, you know, you're a scaredy cat or anything like that. And, um, wow. but every time that I would smoke it, it would give, take me on this really bad trip where I would see things um, like demonic things. And uh, whenever I would do certain ecstasy pills, um, there's some that give you energy and then there's some that give you like downers. And um, the downer ones would make me hallucinate really bad. And I would see things like, I remember seeing my friend and he looked like a little demon. Like it was so creepy. His eyes were so dark. Um, I remember seeing like my cousin, my friends, and um and i would see them like that like just their face just dark like 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 there was nothing in there you know um wow. and um so when i when i saw that like i started messing around with the occult i started um playing the ouija board um My i started gosh. um um getting into a lot of like new age things like astral projecting and stuff like that um because i i just had this understanding of like well, maybe there is something out there, but we have to, like, learn how to get to there to, like, draw from it, you know, and, um, like, energies and stuff like that. So um, then I also had lost a lot of people in my life, so I kind of wanted, wanted to connect with that um, side of things. So we started playing the Ouija board, and I had this one experience where um, um, it, it actually moved. You know, and it was saying things and, and, um, I did it with my aunt and she swears that she didn't move it. And the answers that it was giving us were so, 
specific like that, I, I doubt she would come up with all of that, you know? Yeah. Um, and um, things started moving around the house. Um, there was one time that I had this dream where there was this like male entity in my dream um, that was trying to get me. And I was saying like, oh, this, you can't do anything to me because he's not real. And he came at me and he took away my blanket. And I woke up from the dream and my blanket was literally like five feet away from my bed. Like somebody mm -hmm. had yanked it. And um, so that's kind of what got me into like playing with the Ouija board, trying to be all spiritual and all that stuff. And because I was doing these um, hallucinogenic drugs, mm -hmm. it took me more to that, you know, um, wow. trying to dabble with all that stuff. Um, I never went, I never did the tarot cards, um, although it interested me a lot, but I always just, uh, you know, did like Ouija board and, and um, astral projecting and stuff like that. Um, and so I... I had no grid for Christianity at all, like no grid. Um, I didn't even know who Jesus was. Like the only thing that I knew about Jesus was that he died on a cross, but mm -hmm. I didn't know why, because in Catholic churches, the only church that I had ever gone to was a Catholic church. And all they right. have is Jesus on the cross with blood, you know, right. uh, but they never say like why or what he did or never talked about the Bible, nothing. Um, so so how is it that somebody like you like this i mean your story is amazing i mean you just you've grew up around all this uh pretty demonic forces and, and mm -hmm. just doing um from from weed to heavier drugs just to playing with uh, this whole new age spirituality stuff and so how how did all of that you were comfortably living in that life how, how did that i mean lead you to god that that's I'm very curious to know because it's just like just when you think the story's going to get better, it actually gets worse. <laughs> you know, that's it's crazy because that's exactly what my husband says. Like, we laugh about it because he says, like, you know, you, that, exactly that. Like, you think that it's getting better and nope, <laughs> something more tragic happens. Right. Um, but no. Um, so throughout my life, right, there was like two i could okay three instances where people talk to me about god the first one was my great grandma she recently passed away like last week i think um but she's oh, really I'm old sorry. so like i have that understanding of of death you know it hurt i cried for her and everything and um but i just have that understanding praise god that um you know death it comes you know and, and i i I hope that she was a believer. I think she was because of this, what I'm about to say. Um, she, I lived with her for, for a while. Um, and, um, it's when my mom would go back and forth from relationships and stuff. My mom would move a lot. So I ended up just deciding to stay with my, my great grandma. And, um, this is when I was dating that, that first kid that I really, um, hurt that this was around that time. So I, um, Every day I would have conversations with my great grandma. Um, every morning she would share her dreams if she had any with me. And one time she came and told me that she had a dream where she, ha she saw heaven. And she said um, that she saw mansions, like big old houses made of gold or what looked like to be gold. Mm. And, um, and she was saying, but let me tell you something. 
she said god is a jealous god he doesn't want you to be worshiping all these other things like the virgin and the saints or making statues or anything like that like he's a jealous god and that taught me like the fear of god um not the healthy one that the bible talks about you know because you like i now i have this understanding that the fear of the lord and the love of god are are two like they're connected like they're i mean they're one they're connected because when you fear god you love him yeah because you understand that you know his wrath is it's also loving because of his justice you know but um anyway so at that point all i saw was like oh my goodness like god is watching if he is up there he's watching and and he's just shaking his finger at me you know so Mm. i felt that guilt um, and throughout my life, I, I always felt like somebody was watching me, but I had a twisted view of it. So I would think like, oh, I think maybe my grandpa that passed away, he's watching me too. And, mm. you know, all the people that I've lost, they're watching me and stuff like that. Um, but that guilt, um, was so like ingrained in my mind that I would constantly talk to myself in my head, even when I was doing drugs, like I would say like, I shouldn't be doing this, but consciously mm. I would say, I still want to anyways. So I think that all, all that time, God was trying to reach out to me, you know, but I kept rejecting him. Um, mm. And then the second time was um, whenever I moved back to El Paso, or actually before, I'm sorry. Um, I had this one friend. He was raised in a Christian home um, and they were Christians, but I didn't know he was specifically a Christian because... He would party with us, you know, but I did notice that he was a little different because like he would, whenever he would say cuss words, he would whisper them. And so I always thought it was weird. Like, why are you, why are you whispering? You know, but I think it's because of his conscience, you know, um, he was like, I guess struggling in his faith or something. So randomly one day, uh, we, cause we would always hang out in my room. Um, and he told me, he's like, Hey, um, God is coming back and he didn't really share the gospel with me at all. Like it was, it was just so random. He said, he's coming back and he's going to judge the world. And he's like, and you need to get right with him. And I said, how do you do that? And he was like, read the Bible. He said, he didn't share the gospel with me. He didn't say anything. And I don't blame him because he probably didn't have understanding either. Um, but he was just telling me, read the Bible, read the Bible. It's all there. And I said, well, where, how, you know, do you just read the Bible like a book or what? I had never opened a Bible in my life. I didn't know what it was. He says, read the last chapter um, where it says revelations. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So I go and I'm looking for a Bible at my home. Um, It didn't even belong to us. It was the the lady that used to live at that house before us. She had a King James um, Bible and I got that one and it was in English. I knew English, right? Spanish is my first language, though. Yeah. So you can imagine how confused I was. It's a KJV. It's yeah. in English. And I'm reading the book of Revelation. Oh, man. <laughs> so um, I read it. I, I read the whole thing, the whole book of Revelation. And I didn't understand anything at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, all it did was make me fear even more. Like, okay, God is judgmental. Like, he's going to judge. You know, yeah. and people are going to go to hell. And that's all that I got from that. So that's <laughs> two times that people talk to me about fearing God. Right. And then the third time um, I had already moved to 
Okay, I guess I, I can backtrack a little bit. When I um, left that toxic relationship where the guy hit me and all that, and I went to my aunt's house, and I went off um, a really dark path, man. Like, if, if I thought before that was dark, this one was, like, super dark for me. Um, I, I actually dealt with depression. And um, I remember because of that guilt that I felt and those two times that I had heard about God, I, I remember thinking, um, God, if you're there, I don't want this life. You know, help me change. Show me what I have to do because I don't want this. Mm. And But it was so hypocritical because I would be in the shower crying out to God, like literally in my knees, crying out to God. But when the weekend would come around, I would go back to doing drugs. It's like I didn't even care about God at, at yeah. the time, you know. Yeah. I would just uh, go back to the drugs and that's all I cared about. You would and, have your moment of, of crying out to God, mm -hmm. but then after you just go you back. Know, your yeah. flesh took over completely. And then um, when I was dealing with the um, hangover of, you know, the drugs or, and, or drinking and stuff, um, I would be back there in the shower crying out to God. And it was just this cycle kept happening over and over and over. And um, I ended up moving away from my aunt's house. I got in a relationship with another guy and I moved from El Paso to Midland, Texas, which is like four hours away um, from El Paso. Then I moved to Midland and I'm back doing the same thing. I'm drinking cocaine, all this stuff. I kind of calmed down on all the other drugs though. So it was just alcohol and cocaine at this point. Um, I think I'm like 19 years old at this time. Um, so still very young. Um, yeah. And this relationship is no better than my past ones. Um, he's really toxic, uh, abusive, and more so emotionally abusive. Um, and this is something that, it like I don't really talk about but I think I should talk about it more especially with women is that um, abuse just because you're in a relationship with somebody doesn't mean that it doesn't count as abuse and I'm talking about sexual abuse because um, that's how this relationship was like he would force me to and and I thought because of that mentality that I had been taught is that you have to do this for your partner you know if not like it, this is just a part of a relationship and if you don't do it then you're the guilty one not them yeah. for forcing you, you so didn't that's know how that I saw no it. no mean meant no exactly regardless exactly. of your status yeah yeah i thought that oh well I'm, i said yes to him uh, to being her girlfriend I'm, and i'm living with him so i have to do this you know so he would force me and and it was traumatic I, I hated that relationship so bad like i saw this guy as like a monster almost mm. um and but i stayed there because i felt trapped like i felt like now i'm living four hours away from my hometown who am i gonna go to now you know like there's just no other option for me and i'm not gonna lie like there was times where i feared for my life like i thought this guy can literally do whatever he wants to me and my mom wouldn't even know because she's so far away i don't talk to her I'm just so disconnected from everybody that this guy can literally just like do something and dump me on the side of the road and nobody would know, you know, and um, he was from Mexico. So like I just had all these ideas in my head of what could go wrong and he could just flee to Mexico and nobody would find him and stuff, you know, wow. um, but I still Thank stuck God. around um, until I um, I just decided, you know, I can't do this anymore. And he would always um say things to me that it's stuck to my head 
so bad. Um, she would like call me like things like you're a prostitute, um, you're a drug addict, you're, like you're never gonna find somebody that's good, um, you know, just stuff like that. And all those things got to me because I knew the position that I was in. I was addicted to drugs. I was, um, you know, um, just dealing with all that stuff, you know. So, yeah. but in my head, I kept thinking, no, like. I know that I can get out of this. Like, um, it doesn't have to dictate everything for me. You know, I, if I could only get out of this lifestyle, like say move to where there's, there's no people around me that do drugs, I can get out of it, you know, but I just need help. But he didn't understand that. Like he thought like, I just, I was long gone and all this stuff. And he was obviously being a narcissist and hypocritical too, because when like he would cheat on me and he would whenever i wasn't with him he would go out and still do drugs and party and stuff you know um and he was older than me he was actually like seven years older than me um, oh, wow. so you can imagine how all that was yeah um i just decided to get up and leave when he went to work one time i i knew of a friend that lived in that area so i just told my friend can you give me a ride to um there was this other people that I knew that lived in Fort Stockton, Texas, which is two hours away from Midland, where I was at. Um, they lived in Fort Stockton and they were friends of my mom's. So I was like, oh, I, they're older, you know, they're adults, they have a family. Um, so I thought I, I'd be safe there. And um, without having to go all the way back to my mom's house, um, where there was no room for me anyways. But mm. I just, one day I decided while he's at work, I'm leaving. I'm packing all my stuff and leaving. And that's exactly what I did. I left and um, I moved to Fort Stockton, which is where my husband's from. That's his home t hometown. Um, and while I'm there, you would think, you know, new start again. Yeah. But no, because all these things, like I figured out that I was running. I, I thought that I was running away from my problems. So I would get a new fresh start at this place and a new over here and a new over there. But everything came with me because I still dealt with the problem inside, you know, yeah. obviously coming yeah. to Christianity, I understood that it's, it's, it's a sin problem. It's a heart problem. Like yeah. you can't just leave them behind because they're in you, you know? Well, yeah. You once <clears throat> you open that door, right? To the enemy and you just do all these stuff. You can't run from the enemy. Pretty much you just let him into your life. Exactly. And so you've been trying to run, 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 run and do all these, uh, you know, go to different uh, places to live in. And it's like the devil just follows you right exactly. where you are. And I felt um, trapped. Like I felt guilty. I felt ashamed. Um, and I was trying to run away trying to run away from that from those feelings but you can't because it's no. in you you know yeah um so i moved to fort stockton and again i just the the people that i lived with they were not on the right path they were not excuse me they were um doing cocaine they were drinking so there i go again falling back into that hole um i that's the first time that i tried meth when i lived there with them they had an abusive relationship between them two. Um, it was bad. It was really bad. Um, this is where I got to this place in my heart where I knew, like, in my mind, I knew there is no way that love is true. Like, that true love exists. Yeah. 
Like I came to this realization in my head. Okay, after everything that I've been through, there's just no way that true love exists. I would see relationships, how people treat each other, how I've been treated, how I treated others, you know? Yeah. And I kept thinking, how is it that, how can true love exist if we're always seeking it from different people? And when that person doesn't have what we want anymore, we move on to the next. And we can even love our own children like that, you know, because of what I had seen. Like, my family is so um, dysfunctional. Not just my mom and my siblings, but her mom and her siblings and all that stuff, you know. Um, they never, there was never any love like that, you know. So me no, noticing all these patterns in all these people's lives that were around me, I just came to that conclusion. There's no way. Um, I was still dealing with the shame, the guilt, the depression. And one of those nights that I was dealing with that guilt, I reached out to a friend that I knew he was like kind of seeking God. And I asked him, hey, um, how do you get close to God? Like, how do you have that life where you're not dealing with these things anymore? And he was like, um, you have to ask for forgiveness. You have to repent. So it was the mm. first time that anybody ever told me about repentance. Wow. So I was like, okay, well, how do you do that? And he's like, he sent me a picture of this, of the sinner's prayer. And he says, read this and you're good. And I was like, really? That's it? And he's like, yeah, just read that prayer and you're good. You're saved. Like, you repented i was like okay so he didn't share the gospel with me nothing you know like i just yeah. now i look back and i think oh my goodness like it's this is why i'm like bold in my faith now because i know that when i was lost nobody shared the gospel with me and right, there was at said, least three people that had the opportunity to and i can't just... even imagine how many christians i came across in my life and not one of them did that you know so Man. That's why I'm so like on fire right now. Like I, I want to share with people because I know what it's like um, to be lost and not have any hope and nobody shares that with you, you know? So yeah, sure enough, this guy sends me the sinner's prayer and I read it. As soon as I got off the phone with him, I read the prayer and I'm like, okay, I don't feel anything. Everything's still there. Yeah. <laughs> I said the, the prayer same. though. And so now I had this idea of, of God of, you know, you have to ask for forgiveness. You have to know right from wrong. Um, I was still choosing wrong. And then I came to this point where I said, you know what? It, even if God is real um, and heaven is real, and I had heard that, that heaven was a place where there was no tears and nothing like that. It was just all happy and love and all this stuff, right? Um, and so I thought, I don't want that. Because I'm such a mess that I don't think I would even fit in in that place, you know? It, it, even though I said the, the sinner's prayer or repentance or whatever, I still deal with all these things. So I don't belong there. Like, there's no way. So I literally said to God, I don't want you. I don't want to go to your heaven or your place. I want to go to hell. Like, that's where I belong. Whoa. And I, like, I literally, like, said that to God. And um, I would... Um, I said, you know what, like, I'm not even going to care about anything that I do anymore because I had that guilt. Right. But this time around, I said, I'm just not even going to care anymore. I'm going to do things my way. And that's it. And I just went off the deep end. <laughs> I you can imagine how much worse I got. But uh, it's so like dumb that I didn't realize I didn't connect the two. As soon as I made that choice, 
I was dealing with the depression even more, you know. Uh, I was getting heavier into drugs. It was just this darkness that was always on me. Um, and I saw no way out. Um, then there, there's thing happened there with the people that I lived with where it got really like, there was a fight. Um, this guy was trying to hit his wife and um, just being all, there was this whole thing going on. And I got involved because I was trying to defend this woman and he oh, hit man. me and all these things. So I was like, I can't be here anymore. You know, so I just said, you know what, I, I'm just going to go back to my mom's house. Maybe that'll help. Um, I couldn't get a job. I, I was trying to find a job for a year that I was there and I couldn't. So I said, you know, if I don't get a job by um, by next week, then I'll go back to El Paso. Um, so I think it was towards the end of the week. So if I don't get a job by Monday, that's what I said. Next thing you know, I get a, an interview that weekend. Um, I get an interview and... It was a like Burger King, uh, yeah. so it wasn't like this really good job or anything. But right. I, after a year of being there, like this is the first interview that I get, and I now I know it was all God. But um, I get an interview and I go and I get the job. And in that weekend, I had I had met my husband through Facebook because um, when I moved to Fort Stockton, I was trying to make friends, right? Okay. So I just started adding all these people on on Facebook. And he was one of the people that I added. Well, he sent me a message um, in 2015. And we started talking, and he was still lost at that point. He was selling drugs and not living right, you know? So we wow. started talking, and I was trying to get out of this lifestyle, right? I didn't want to be in drugs anymore. I was kind of having this a realization. That's whenever I asked my friend to, like, how do you get uh, right with God and all this stuff? So, so you, you, were, you were trying to get right. And your husband, at back then, when you were just talking, he was still well into that. Yes, yes. Oh, and he was man. dealing with his own thing. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure if you ever have him on your podcast, like, you'll see, like, how crazy oh, it all connects. But Trust me, um, I will. It's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I, I said to myself, this is just another rapper that's dealing drugs. Like, I don't want to deal with this. And so I saw him like, oh, he's just going to be a friend, you know, like, I don't, I don't want it to go anywhere else. And then he stopped messaging me. So I thought, oh, well, maybe he felt the same. He wasn't interested. Little did I know that he went to jail. Um, and that's oh. where he was born again. <laughs> wow. So in the time that he was in jail, I was, that's when I decided, like, I don't want God. I don't want heaven. I want hell, you know? So, um, you know, I, I had gone back to my ex, um, all dumb, but it was just this, this nasty place that I was in. Yeah. Um, and finally, that weekend that I had that job interview scheduled, my husband messages me back that week. And he's like, hey, stranger. And I was like, where did he go? You know, so I messaged him back and we reconnected and, and he's a Christian now. And he starts telling me about God. And... Well, and, and... Um, how much time has passed from since when you talked to him last to, um, to this, let me this moment? Okay, so the last time that I spoke to him was December, I think, of 2015. And then he didn't respond to me back uh, until, like, August of 2016. Oh, wow. So it had been, you know, almost been a year. some time. Yeah. Yeah. And now so, he was a born-again Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he starts sharing the gospel with me. Um, wow. I had never heard it before anything. And, and I'm, I'm just like soaking it all in. Like, 
um, he starts telling me about the Bible and I'm literally asking all these questions like, what is the Bible? Like, is it a book that has all like a, a Harry Potter series where you have to get book one, book two, book three, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, cause you say the book of Luke or the, I mean, the gospel of Luke, the book of revelation, the book of Genesis. So I, I didn't know in my head, I didn't have a grid for anything of Christianity. Um, now a little before that, um, before I got that job, I was in Fort Stockton. I had gone on a trip with, um, a, f a friend of mine, like we were just driving. And I remember, I think they were sharing something on the radio about Christians and their testimonies, right? Uh, like healing and, and stuff like that. Well, when I lived in Mexico and, and actually that house that we had to put the hose in through the hole, mm -hmm. um, in the shower wall, um, right across that house, there was a Christian church. I think they were like Pentecostals or something, but oh, wow. there was a Christian church um, out there. And every night that they had service, the people would come out to the streets and they would be dancing and they would be waving like these little flags and, you know, just, yeah. they were, it was like their worship. Right. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, these people are crazy, man. Like, you know, I mean, if you've never seen it, a Pentecostal church, you would think the same thing, you know, they're dancing yeah. up and down, shaking, even screaming. And yeah. I thought that was creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so uh, fast forward to when I'm talking to this guy, we're listening to those testimonies on the radio. And I asked him, do you think all that is real? Um, and he's like, well, I've heard of people, you know, that get healed and, and all this stuff. And I was like, but do you think they lie? Like. I just, I, it, there was that, that, um, curiosity in me that is Christianity real, you know? So I thought, I asked him, do you think that Christians are really that happy? Like, do you think they, they, they're really living like that? Like they really live with love and happiness, or do you think that they're just faking it just because they're calling themselves Christians, you know? And we had this very interesting conversation. So now fast forward to when I'm talking to my husband and, and I'm asking all these questions and it's just, it's all connecting, man. Like it's, it's like, it was the right moment for me to yeah. hear the truth, you know, cause I just received all of it. Like I just soaked it all in. I can't even give credit to myself because I know it was God just yeah. revealing all this understanding to me at that moment, you know? And then it clicked that the reason that I had gone through all those things, you know, in my life was because um, of sin. It was because of sin. Yeah. It was because of the correct, the corruption of man, um, that all those things happened. You know, the people that hurt me, the people that, um, me hurting people, like all of that was just yeah. because of, of that corruption of man. So that meant that I needed to get a new heart and it just clicked. You know, I suddenly understood all the suffering in the world, all the pain, um, all the evil, you know, um, and in my head, like the first gospel that I read or the first, you know, part in the Bible that I read, um, when I heard the gospel was the gospel of Luke. Mm -hmm. And when I heard Jesus's words where he was saying, you know, uh, you know, love your enemies. And, um, he says, um, don't, um, don't only love those who love you because what good is there in that? Yeah. You know, even the hypocrites do that. And all these amazing things that he taught, it just, it all clicked in my head that this is how things should be. 
this right here and what Jesus said, this is how things should be. But because of sin, it's not like that. So we lived in a, in a corrupted world. You're listening to light up the world with Victor Caballero. This concludes part two of this three part special head on over to part three for the conclusion of this episode. Thank you.